Hi everyone, welcome to Camilla Cava Food Photography Podcast, a place where I interview talents in food photography world to learn ins and outs of the industry to help you and myself grow a food photography career. On today's podcast, I talk with a food photographer, stylist, educator, and founder of a popular adventures in cooking food blog, Eva Cosmas Flores. Adventures in Cooking has been nominated for Best Food Blog Awards by Savure and has been featured in BuzzFeed, Glamour, Bon Appetit, The Kitchen and more. She has a loyal following of journeyman food photographers who attend her travel-based food photography workshops around the globe through her company First We Eat. Her Instagram recently passed 300,000 followers. In the meantime, Eva managed to build her dream life, living in the suburbs, building her homestead in the nature, growing chickens and garden, and working on the fun hobbies while running a very successful business. So tune in to hear us talk about Eva's business success, her tips and tricks for more productive lifestyle, transi- transitioning into her predominant role as an educator and entrepreneur, and about how she built her dream life as a creative. So here we go. Hi, Eva. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for joining me. So for the listeners that might not know you, could you introduce yourself, who you are and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Eva Cosmas Flores, and I'm a food photographer and stylist and cookbook author and food uh, photography educator. So I like teach photography online and uh, write about food and yeah. That's, uh, I think that's everything. (laughs) These are are a lot of uh, parts. Wow, nice. And you're based in US, right? Yeah, I'm in Portland, Oregon. So I'm in the Pacific Northwest. Okay, awesome. And how long have you been photographing? I learned, I first learned photography uh, in a dark room on film when I was 15. So that was like 18 years ago now. (laughs) So so I've been doing it for a long time, but then I... I learned to use a DSLR, I think when I was around like 21 or so was when I got my first like digital camera. And so then I kind of had to like relearn a lot on digital because, you know, it's like so different from film. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I've been shooting for a while now. Sick. And food photography from the beginning or did you? I just loved all kinds of photography. Like I would Mm -hmm. shoot mainly landscapes actually is probably what I liked the most when I was first starting because I just I've always really liked nature and it's easier because like I don't I've never really enjoyed photographing people because I feel like you know there's a big social element to that where people can feel really uncomfortable when you're taking a picture and I would you know I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable and it's just so much easier to like look at you know a really cool flower or a pretty tree and like take a picture of that which I think was also like kind of the food is the same, you know, it's just going to sit there and like, you don't have to like direct it or anything Uh um, the way you do with people. But I started shooting food when I started my blog, which was when I was 22. That's when I was like, well, I'll start photographing food so Uh I can put my my recipes up. Right. Yeah. So you started from basically food blogging and then you developed all the other businesses um, from that. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't start my blog with the intention of it being a job or anything because this was also like so long ago you know most people weren't monetizing blogs at all there weren't really the opportunities like 
you know, all the ad stuff that there is now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just started it because I love cooking for my friends. And so I'd always get people asking me like, how did you make this? And I just got tired of explaining it verbally. So I was like, you know what, I'll just start a blog so I can put it on the internet and then send them a link and I don't have to like explain the recipe. Uh, (laughs) So that, that was why I started it. Um, and then, you know, it was just like the blog is called adventures in cooking and I always love cooking and trying new food. So Mm -hmm. the idea behind it was really like, I wanted to try a new type of dish or new ingredient, you know, every time it was like a new adventure. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there, especially once my photography got better. That's really when the blog started taking off. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah. would you say that's because of the also growing social media or the blog itself? I That's a really good question because it kind of happened at the same time, honestly. Like Instagram started right around then too. And I think I joined like maybe six months after Instagram first started. Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably was like a combination of both. Right, sick. Yeah. Interesting. Because um, like I've been following you, of course, for a while now. I think you were... Um, my first biggest inspiration to actually do food photography because like when I saw your pictures I was like wow so that's why I'm super happy to also talk to you today because it's uh, something <laughs> incredible you. to me to be honest <laughs> but so um I've been following you for a while and um what also really inspires me not only your photography but your lifestyle at least what I see I don't know if that's everything indeed as I see it but what I see like that you live you know in a in a house with you know with a big garden like with a little, uh, how do you say, it? like, um, yeah, garden where you grow some yeah, yeah. vegetables and flowers and you have chickens and now you're getting this gorgeous uh, land, like, I think it's called homestead uh, yeah. of land where you're gonna, uh, you know, tidy it up and um, I think build your home there or something. That's yeah, that's yeah, the plan. So I'm just wondering, like, um, and at the same time, you're doing all this, but at the same time, you're doing all your businesses. So, um I mean, how do you manage everything all together? Like, it looks like so much things happening right now with yeah. life. There's a uh, <laughs> there is a lot going on, but I'm I really like being organized. I'm a very organized person, and I really like structure in my business, you know, and in my creative process as well. I feel like that's when I create my best work is if I can give myself kind of like guidelines to follow, or at least like schedule is important to me. Um, so I think that just being really organized is key for me to be able to kind of have all this stuff going on. Um, and I also, am just the kind of person who genuinely enjoys being busy. Like I like having things to do. Like I just, that I just like it. So it, it works for me to kind of have all these different things going on with like, you know, my online courses and then just like shooting and writing recipes for the blog. And then the garden, but a lot of that is kind of cyclical too, which I think helps. So right. like with the garden, you know, I don't do a winter garden, so I'm really only okay. active with my garden, like half of the year, you know, like mm-hmm. spring through end of summer, early fall. And then in the winter, I kind of get time off of that. And then with my courses, you know, I only do openings like a couple times a year. And so that helps me focus like all my energy on my courses during like the the like three months that I'm doing, you know, Q and A's and launches for those. Um, So I think that really helps too, is kind of like pacing things out so that I'm not 
Like I try not to do any like course launches in the summer because I know I'm going to be, you know, spending so much time in the garden and everything and cooking and preserving. Yeah. So just kind of timing is really key, I think. Timing out everything. Right. That makes sense. And then let's say, cause you still also photograph like all your recipes and everything. Um, do you do that? How many times a week do you schedule something like that then? Probably like I try, I do more, more batch working. So I really will do like one or two times a month. I'll do a shoot, but I'll shoot like a couple things in a day. Uh Yeah. And so that's been really effective too. It's just like batching. Yeah. Batching is something that I'm a big fan of (laughs) and that I definitely do a lot because it does help you get so much more done in less time. And, you know, like especially when you, you know, you're a creative business owner, when you're a photographer, and you have to do a lot of really different types of tasks, right? So we're like, creating and, you know, thinking in an artistic way, but then we also have to like, do admin stuff, like reply to email and like, do keep track of our bookkeeping. So I feel like when I group those similar tasks together on certain days, it helps me get through them a lot faster. And like do a better job than if I'm scatterbrained and like jumping from one type of thing to another all throughout the day, then I just lose track of time that way. That makes sense. So if I look, let's say at your day-to-day routines, if that's, you know, if if that's something you can share, like how does your day look like? Yeah. So usually the things that stay pretty consistent is I wake up and I have coffee and I reply to email and then I'll go, I have a treadmill in the basement. So then I'll go on the treadmill for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, after that, I come back. And if it's a shoot day, then I'll start cooking and stuff. And then I'll shoot. Um, and then if it's not a shoot day, then it's usually just more like admin stuff. So mm-hmm. more emails, you know, replying to messages on Instagram or writing blog posts or editing photos that I shot. Um, And then that will go pretty much until like the late afternoon. And then I usually am like done by like pretty done by five at the latest, but usually Mm -hmm. it's earlier than that. And then I just kind of knit or you know start making dinner or whatever yeah Uh so you make sure that you also stop on time don't keep working and working up until you know late in the evening yeah does that mean you also don't check email let's say after five or six o'clock yeah it still happened that you no i don't because otherwise yeah otherwise i'll just i know that if i do i'll see something Uh and then i'll be thinking about it and then i'm not actually relaxing because i'm kind of thinking about that in the back of my mind and so i really try to not check my email past that point okay this is something i should take in and do that as well because it stresses me out and i do i check it's like a it's like a A compulsion Yeah. yeah yeah I don't know how you do that, but I should do that. So I should train myself as well because it it, it becomes it's, it's hard to sleep even if I don't answer yeah. an email or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's why you gotta just not do it. Yeah. Just don't because once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know, no. you can't take it out of your mind. So it's just better to have a hard line of like you know not Stop answering. It. Yeah, because yeah. it'll be there the next morning and you can reply to exactly. it exactly. And it's really good, I think, what you do where you separate, you know, the time that you actually work and you separate the time that you actually do your own uh, like hobbies, your own things. Um, you work on yourself basically because if you don't have that separation as a business owner, it's just the whole day becomes your work day. Like exactly, yeah. and so I understand very good. Yeah, and I mean, this is also like where I'm at now, and I definitely didn't always work this way. Like I 
have worked the opposite like where I was just working all the time I was really stressed out and like kind of crashed and burned and that's why I don't do that anymore because you know I after I wrote my second cookbook especially like Uh I was just working so much and I was so tired um that after that I was like I'm not going to put my body through this or my Mm -hmm. mental health through that either because it's just so depleting um so that's I think part of why I'm really like strict about it now because I know what can happen if I am not strict about that okay that's 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 good to know and how did you like was it difficult then to to put that stop and start like with the this kind of separation and slower and actually concentrating on yourself I wonder how hard that was to make a switch I think it was like easier once I was so tired of being exhausted all the time that was like that made it easy for me to not do it because it was just like it's not worth it like I know it's not worth it Mm -hmm. so I think it actually made it easier because I had experienced the extreme of what can happen and I didn't want to go there again and be that tired all the time that makes sense interesting okay yeah because um indeed like another question what i wanted and it's kind of i think connected to all this was you again you build you build the life that you want like you have amazing creative business that you're running um you again have like the beautiful garden and homestead and everything so i wonder what were the decisions um in your life that you made that led to something like this where you have this beautiful balance of living the way you want with the business that you want like was it from the beginning that it was like this or are you following something else and uh I don't know how did you got here <laughs> not necessarily it definitely wasn't intentional I can tell you that it kind of just like fell into place you know my parents were always really into gardening when I grew up so like gardening mm-hmm. and growing your own and both my parents are amazing cooks so like cooking you know that was all just a part of what was normal Um, so I always have loved plants and growing food and cooking food, um, my whole life, but, and I always wanted to have a big garden. Um, and like maybe, you know, when I was younger, I was like maybe a farm or something, but I think as I got older, you know, I just wanted a place where I had a lot of space because I grew up here in Oregon, but then I moved to Los Angeles for college and I lived in Los Angeles for like nine years Uh before Jeremy my husband and I moved back here and bought a house like seven years ago um and so uh being in the city for that long especially Los Angeles which is like not very green (laughs) made me realize how much I needed that as a person how much I loved that um and so when we moved back you know one of the things we were really looking for in a house was a nice big yard because I was like I want to have so many plants um and so we found this house that we're in now which I love um and it has a crazy big garden um but I still have totally packed it with plants and now I need more space (laughs) so (laughs) then I was like well you know long term I would love for us to have a lot of land like so much space and privacy because yeah. you know we are right next to a busy road and so like we hear cars passing a lot and right. you know, it'd just be nice to have space and like we want to have kids and like I don't want them living right next to a really busy street and stuff so um we were looking for land and ended up finding this property for sale in like the dead of winter uh-huh. that 
was like re- definitely in our price range and it had a view of the Columbia River which is like my favorite place yeah it's so beautiful it's, it's so a, beautiful yeah. it's an, an amazing spot with like it's a huge river with like mountains on either side um and so we went there and put in an offer right away like as soon as we saw it because yeah. we were like this is magical um and so yeah so now our hope and our plan is to build a house out there hopefully we can start construction or like break ground next year um and then be living there in like two years from now is the goal yeah that'd be so amazing yeah I can't wait I just can't wait it'll be so nice to like have so much space and be really deep in nature all the time because I just it's so relaxing out there like you can't look at the view of like the mountains and the river and not feel like good you know just it makes you feel really calm yeah I get it I get it like um we are also moving more in the forest area actually this summer yeah in June June. like in the forest and uh, where I can have chickens so I will need your advices on the chickens yes definitely (laughs) I'm so excited that's also like one of the inspirations I think you were the first one that actually inspired me to to also like get chickens and stuff and then I, I noticed that more people are getting chickens and I was like I want that too how nice is that to have chickens in the garden but anyways we're getting out of the topic now I'm going all the way in okay yes so the life that you were building the nature yeah so we're just uh it, it's not like I you know when I started my blog or anything I was like well I'm gonna eventually like end up with like a homestead and making all this stuff it was more just like I've always been really interested in being self-sufficient like I like to be able to do stuff myself which in the past has also been hard when I refuse to ask for help even if I need it (laughs) but on the good side of that you know I love self-sufficiency and I like being able to DIY as much as I can and I think that really ties into you know homesteading and a love of nature is like you know, how can I be as self-sufficient as possible where I have the least impact on the environment around me um you know, like, what do I really need to thrive? And I think that, you know, like, especially the events of the past year have also put into perspective, like, what's really important for us too. And I think that just like having a really solid home, you know, and having the security of being able to provide for myself is really important too. So like, you know, when we're out there, we'll be able to grow so much of our own food. And the house that we're going to build, we want it to be off grid. So we want to just use wind and solar energy, you know, for the house and stuff. So Uh I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited to bring it into fruition. And we recently have been talking with this building company in Portland. That's like a green building company. And they have a lot of experience with, you know, like um, solar, wind, Mm -hmm. gray water systems and all sorts of stuff like that. So we're I'm pretty excited about the process. So exciting. And the good thing is that actually like you can work from home. So that's also not an issue of living further away from, let's say, big cities or anything, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, also an important decision to make and build your life that you want is the ability to be able to be free to work wherever you want. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Out of curiosity, because again, you have so many different businesses and you mentioned that you love... um, like self um 
Now the English words are out of my head, but like self-sufficiency, a sufficiency, but also like um, you don't really like asking for help, as you mentioned. So yeah. I wonder, do you indeed work alone or do you have some sort of team around you that helps, let's say, with social media or anything else uh, yeah. in terms of business? I have an assistant, Sophia, and I've been working with her for probably like four years now, maybe even five years. I'd have to double check, but she's so wonderful. And so she... Uh, manages a lot of my she manages my entire Pinterest account sometimes she helps me on Instagram if it's during a launch and I get like a lot of the same types of like questions over and over again she'll like help me with those um and she helps me on set sometimes so I'll have her come and be like an extra set of hands in shots or if I'm pouring then I'll have her like you know do continuous shooting while like I'm doing the thing yeah um and she's like, well, she'll help me with like cooking and stuff and help me with cleaning up after shoots and really just like, you know, absolutely anything she can like lend a hand with. She's so happy to do it. And she's also really, um, what do you, I'm trying to think of the word where it's like, she takes a lot of initiative. So if she sees something that she's like, I could probably help with this, she'll ask me and just be like, do you want me to help with this? I noticed, you know, X, Y, and Z, yeah. just really helpful. Oh, and she helps me with the courses like building them out in uh the course platform that I have like uploading files for the students Mm -hmm. to download which like takes a lot of time to to upload like so many of the files so she'll like help me with doing that and stuff too and she's she's just the best but I like I like working with just her because Uh it just feels really intimate and she kind of knows how I work and knows what I need and you know knows all the systems that I use and stuff and she's just great you know and I've had like I've worked with um you know a couple interns before but there's no one that even comes close to like how just attentive she is she's great and you mentioned four years you worked with her right yeah it's also a long time and is she working full-time then or not no she's part-time because she does other stuff so like before the pandemic she was doing also a lot of like service industry stuff so like Mm -hmm. working at restaurants and things um and she's also a freelance stylist so she does like styling for shoots as well oh that's nice yeah oh nice okay cool okay now i would love to dive more into uh food photography um itself so i wonder because i see uh you photograph of course a lot for your own recipes and you are a food photographer but do you right now also work with the clients or do you concentrate more on educational side of it I do I would say definitely concentrate more on the educational side of it I do still work with clients but that's not my like main time consuming job anymore like I I do enjoy working with clients but I definitely don't do it as much as I used to do it Um, because I just don't have time because the Mm -hmm. courses do take up a lot of time to to make and to like just be attentive and I really want to be there for my students so um, it makes more sense for me to focus more on the co- courses than doing as much freelance work. And, you know, it's not as enjoyable to do freelance shoots because it's not usually totally your vision. So the ones that I do choose to do, because I have the luxury of being able to say yes and no to different clients, which I know is a luxury because I was not always in this situation. You know, I've definitely been in situations before where I had to say yes to everybody because I needed the money. Um, But so now I can just say yes to the projects that I'm really, really excited about. Like, for example, my friend Gregory Gorday's cookbook that I've been working on shooting 
on and off for like three years. Yeah. Um, that's coming out in the spring that I'm so excited about. Um, yeah. So like being able to say yes to projects like that, where you're like, this is an awesome project. This is an awesome person. Like I'm so excited about the food and the creative vision that he had for the book. Um, Yeah. yeah. Interesting. When did you felt it was the time to switch and concentrate more on educational part versus actually working for clients? It wasn't like a conscious choice. Honestly, it just kind of sort of went that way. Like, Uh um, I was doing, you know, shooting for clients and stuff, but I really enjoyed teaching a lot. Like my mom Mm -hmm. was a teacher and before she met my dad and they ended up starting a restaurant. Um, and then my sister is also a teacher as well. Uh, she's a school teacher. And so I think that's just something that I always, is just part of who I am. Like, I really like nurturing things, like helping stuff grow, which is like also ties into the gardening (laughs) too, but it's, it's just something that I I really like to help people and watch them get better and improve at stuff. It's very rewarding for me. So, um, I honestly, I started my first online photography course. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been as early as like 2016, maybe might have been the first one that I did. Uh Yeah. And it, the course that I do has evolved over the years. Um, but that was the first online one I did. And then I switched, I think, to doing or and then I started doing workshops in addition to the online course, like in-person ones, probably in 2017, I think was maybe the first one that I did. Are both the gatherings and are not the workshops, the ones that you do abroad or do you also do the ones in Portland? Um, I do them actually almost entirely abroad. I don't really do in-person workshops in Portland. I think I've done one once, which was really fun, but I really like being able to use the like workshops as a way to like go to beautiful places and share that experience with other creatives because Mm -hmm. like I mean I I do think Oregon is a very beautiful place but for me I live here all the time so it's also not as like exciting on my end so I really love being able to go somewhere new for me um or somewhere that I have been before but is not my home you know like Croatia I do workshops there like for several years in a row and we keep going back because it's just the most amazing place Um, but it's just nice to find a really special spot Uh and share that with somebody else who has the same taste that you do and so everyone I feel like the people who are interested in the workshops just from the aesthetic of like seeing you know the activities that we do and the photos and like what it's going to be like it already attracts a certain type of person that's like so excited about that kind of a place and so being able to share that with people is just such such an awesome experience because it is so magical. Like that area of Croatia is just like a fairy tale and it's crazy when people Croatia see it. Is beautiful, yeah. Yeah, for for the first time in person. It's But I can imagine indeed like that you attract exactly the group of people that are similar. So the whole experience yeah. just becomes extremely nice because you can bond with everyone, right? In a way yeah it's crazy like the bond how quickly we all bond together is insane especially at the Croatia workshop because some of my friends Mona and Jarrett who do wood fire cooking they like cater the workshop and so there's this huge old hearth or hearth in the kitchen so at night you know after dinner's done and Mona and Jarrett go to bed 
Jarrett will leave the fire going. And so like all, all the workshop attendees end up just huddling around the fire with like some wine or whatever or tea oh, and yeah. just like chat and hang out. And, you know, we've been shooting all day, but at night I always keep the nights free to just either, if you know, mm-hmm. people don't like they can sleep or they can hang out and just yeah. chat. So it's just such a nice bonding experience. Like all these creative women together just hanging out I really miss them I'm excited for it to be safe and for us to gather again will be really special probably next summer then right because the summer or are you planning to do any of them this summer as well no I'm going to wait until uh May 2022 is when we have the house booked for Croatia so I'm hoping that you know whoever wants to be vaccinated and can be um, yeah. will be by then and I'll I'm gonna I think require it as a part of attendance just you need to be vaccinated just for okay, the safety yeah. of everyone involved that um, makes sense. but uh yeah I'm hoping that it'll be possible for people to be vaccinated by then so we can all hang I out I think so it should be I mean yeah that's how be. that's how I feel I'm like it's gotta yeah. be that's like a over a year from now so I feel like it has to be plenty of time yeah yeah it should be fine. I hope. I hope because yeah. If not, then no. Then it should be fine. She's. Yeah. Don't, don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't even let that thought enter your mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but nice. So just to dive into, let's say, if we dive deeper into those gatherings, um, what do you usually teach the attendants in terms of the curriculum? Yeah. So it's usually well. It depends. Sometimes I was doing like a standard photography workshop which was more like entry-level photography. Um, but I had a lot of people who had taken a workshop before but wanted to come again but didn't want the same content. So then B and I started doing an advanced workshop as well. Um, and the workshop that I host in Croatia, I've been hosting with B Lubas, who's like oh. another amazing food photographer. Yeah, for sure. I should she's invite her too. Oh, that would be yeah, so much fun she's, if she agrees. <laughs> she's so sweet. She's the, she's the best um and so with the advanced content it's basically like focusing more I think on like capturing motion and like shooting yourself in frame and Mm -hmm. cinemagraphs we also teach like cinemagraphs in that one too and more like advanced composition theory and like color theory and stuff whereas with the entry level it's just more like uh your bait like understanding ISO shutter speed aperture like more basic you know like level uh, so that they can like practice that hands-on and have us helping them if they have problems and then more like general styling you know like balance layering I mean we do talk about color but maybe not like as in depth with like color theory and stuff Um, and then we do like editing demos as well so like Lightroom and that's nice too to do with me and B because you know we both edit and use Lightroom a little bit differently. So I think it's really helpful oh, for the yeah. students to see. You know, not not everyone's yeah. going to edit the exact same way, and that's totally okay because you can still end up with a beautiful image. However, you decide to use the program to your yeah. advantage. Um, and then we always do like cultural expeditions. So like oh, yeah. we'll go like wine tasting, or we'll go like truffle foraging, or like walk around this like local town that's really cool and uh-huh. you know, just to break it up so you're not always having to be thinking and learning. It's nice to give your mind a break with like a fun cultural activity too. 
Oh, that sounds really, 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 really nice. Oh. They're so fun. I can't, I really want to go to a workshop and so I can just like sit there and <laughs> enjoy it. Right. <laughs> Maybe next year I'll sign up for somebody else's just to like have some good food and wine and take pictures of a pretty place. <laughs> I know. That sounds really, really lovely. She's in, in the places like Croatia or Tuscany or something. Oh. Yes, I love nice. Italy too. So special. Nice. So these are the gatherings. And now you also have, of course, the online workshops. Uh, sorry, online courses that you mentioned. Um, yeah. I saw that even recently you launched something. Um, could you tell more about your courses? Yeah. So I have three different ones at the moment. So I have my photography, styling, and branding online course through my company, First We Eat. And that one's at firstweet.co. And that one's kind of like my all-encompassing, really in-depth course that's just dives deep into photography, lighting, styling, editing. You also learn cinemagraphs, um, lenses, camera settings. Like it's all, it's super in-depth. There's like a crazy ebook that's really long that goes with it and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and so that one is the one I've been like building on and adding to over the years. And so that's like very comprehensive and it's mm-hmm. like some pre-recorded videos that the students can go back to as much as they want because it's all lifetime yeah. access. But yeah. then I also have live Q and A's that oh, I do with the nice. students too. Yeah. So we do that like every two weeks for the first three months of the course. And those are super fun. And I switched to doing them on zoom this year. I was doing them on Facebook uh, through like Facebook group Q&A stuff or Facebook live, but Zoom is much better because I can actually see the student's face, you know, whereas before it was just like typing. So that's one of them. And then I do, uh, or I've done a virtual workshop with B Luba. So we oh, yeah? did that. Yeah, we started nice. that in November was the first time we opened that up because, you know, since we couldn't do our in-person workshops anymore, we really wanted to bring the feeling and the knowledge and experience you get from an in-person workshop to more of a virtual experience. So that one's more like a fly on the wall or like shadowing situation where we just shot ourselves from start to finish styling Mm -hmm. and shooting a scene, talking through like every step. And then there's like some fun editing videos and stuff in there. Um, And so that we're actually going to open up again in May, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last course that I have is Creative Business School. And that one is just focused on how to run a business when you're creative, which Uh is a lot more complicated than it seems, as you know, because we have to do so many different things. And that, you know, kind of talk about what I talked about earlier, trying to balance different stuff. So, you know, I learned a lot about how to run my business better through, you know, lots of hands-on experience and doing it the wrong way. And so I'm kind of sharing all of that there, like how to have more balance with your personal life and your work, batch working, time management, finances, you know, all that, all that stuff. And also like making sure you still feel inspired at the end of it, you know, because sometimes when you're doing all the other things in marketing, you lose that creative spark and inspiration. So yeah, that's what that one's about. Oh, that's also sounds exciting. Like an important one as well. Yeah. Yeah, and that one's like, this year I'm doing it, if you get the VIP level, I'm doing live Q&As all year, so it's almost like a mastermind, we get the support for all of 2021, uh, so 
I'm only opening I already opened it in January and that's the only time I'm doing it this year and then I'll okay, open it up right. next year again but it's just nice to have that so like it's almost like a coaching yeah like, you're almost like a coach to the students aren't you like a mentor coach in a way yeah definitely so the yeah that yeah that is actually pretty much like what it is there's like pre-recorded videos but then there is you know just like my other course I do the live Q&As for like yeah. the first three months but uh that's for everybody who signs up and then for the folks who sign up for the VIP level they also get a one-to-one session with me in addition to that yeah. and they get the live Q&As all year instead of yeah. just for the first three months which is yeah. nice Oh, that's nice. Super nice. Out of curiosity, did you also had a coach like or a mentor for your own business or did you learn everything yourself? I definitely had a mentor, not like I've ever, I've never talked to her, but she's been a huge help for me in my business. Amy Porterfield. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She does like online marketing okay. um, and she has a podcast. I think it's called like online marketing made easy, but she's just been like so helpful and I've taken a few of her online courses that are about like mm -hmm. you know marketing and online courses about online courses and stuff right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh it's really really helped me with my business a lot and she just seems like a really cool lady oh that's nice that's yeah. nice I'm gonna check it out then yeah highly recommend yeah. her she's so helpful so great nice Okay, awesome. And then education, let's say, because you have so many different courses and you concentrate so much on it. It's basically your main income source right now, right? Yeah, definitely. Especially with the pandemic, it's like we yeah. haven't, I haven't been able to teach workshops abroad. And then the like sponsored content really took a hit because, you know, well. marketing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I didn't get any sponsored offers, I think, for like six months, like from March until like September of last year. So it was that definitely took a hit too. So really grateful for the community that I have in the, yeah, you know, and all my students because we wouldn't have been able to get through last year without that. That was our bread and butter. So it was super helpful. Yeah, it's great that your business is so much also based online. I think that helps yeah. yeah and that was something that we did do purposefully but that was because you know I was like wanting to start a family and so it's like well how can I make it so I don't have to travel as much and I can work from yeah. home more but still teach people mm -hmm. um and like because you know I'm a pretty social person so I really like to still interact with, with other people um and so that was we last or the year before the pandemic so like tw in 2019 we were kind of like trying to set up the foundation of like doing more online stuff yeah so that ended up working out pretty well for when we you know couldn't go anywhere anymore yeah 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 exactly oh that's perfect yeah that's yeah perfect. awesome okay yeah. let's see what else do i have because i don't remember I feel like I asked everything in between now, so it's <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, I think we can slowly close up because um, I already asked you. I, ha I held you for like forty minutes. I'm sorry for that. No, that's fine. I, I enjoyed it. So I have like a couple last closing questions. Well, yeah. first of all, um, do you have like like what's your future plans? Do you have something exciting coming up? Um. Yes, that's a good question. I think I wrote down a couple things because it's like yeah. I don't want to forget to like see uh see so. So we, you know, we're, my big focus right now is 
getting the building process started for the homestead. So I've been like in the process of designing our house and uh, my friend who's an interior designer, who's amazing. Her name is Sam Streck. Her Instagram is structured. She's fantastic. Uh, yeah. And so she's cleaning up the design that I made for the house and like making it actually usable. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, she's like, you know, she knows how to do all that CAD software stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I feel like that's something that I'm just acknowledging is going to take up a lot of my time and like bandwidth and stuff is the process of getting the house planned and working with the builder and getting it really designed and like getting all the permits and like with our homestead it's also uh in this very special land use zone called the national scenic area so there's very strict building codes about the type of house you can have there because it really needs to blend in you know with the natural surroundings so like we can only paint certain colors and you know there's all sorts of stuff like that so I think that's going to take a lot of energy just to make sure everything is like to the T and like will get approved by the committee. Um, So I'm excited for that. And then something that I've been thinking about for a while, but I haven't done yet, but that I would like to do eventually um, is actually like, I'd love to do a podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. But like focused on like home and garden and design. Cause I've gotten so into just, not just design with like food and stuff, but more like interior design with like, especially the process of building the house, like looking at so many amazing books about that and stuff. So I'd love to just talk about like garden home food. That's convenient. I'm definitely going to listen to that because I'm interested in the garden because I'm going to build my own garden. We're also planning to build a house in the near future as well. So I'm going to listen to the podcast. Perfect. I'm waiting for it then. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Do you know when you're launching the podcast already, or it's just no? Uh, it's an just idea. it's an idea, an idea. I'm like, well, it could start on it soon, but then at the same time, I know that I feel like as soon as I would like seriously start booking guests or whatever, then all the home planning stuff would kick up, and then I'd be like, ah, right. now there's like too much to do. So I was like trying to just wait, <laughs> wait a little bit. Right, because again, you want to build that balance, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, thing. exactly, exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> Okay, and um, it seems like you're having a lot of fun with your work. So what is most fun about your work? What do you love the most about it? I love the freedom. I love that I can do what I want when I want. And that's, I think, my biggest my biggest love was just being able to, like, if I'm having a day where I don't feel creative, um, being able to have structured my workflow in a way where I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to, like, knit today and maybe reply to a few emails and then tomorrow when I feel more creative I'm gonna you know do my shoot and stuff so I think that's what I appreciate most is just the freedom and the flexibility that I have beautiful right makes sense totally yeah (laughs) awesome um okay so like another question would be do you have some recommended books or blogs or influencers to follow to learn more about food photography and of course your courses is one of the one of the things for sure I would recommend, but is there anything else that you can recommend starting food photographers? Yes, definitely. So uh, B. Lubas, her book is out and I would highly recommend that. I think it's creative food photography. Um, I would highly recommend that to anybody who's interested, especially if you're on a budget um, because, you know, books are so affordable and it that book is just packed with amazing information. Um, so I definitely recommend that. And then as far as 
like really gorgeous imagery for like inspiration you know of course also B but uh Linda Lomolino is a favorite of mine and she's you know her work has been so beautiful over so many years so like you can just go on her blog and scroll through like years and years worth of posts and she's like oh my gosh like this is amazing so she's great for inspiration and just like analyzing her images you know really looking at them and learning from them and I really also gotten into looking at more like lifestyle type of photography as Mm -hmm. well and um Stella and and hold on I wrote down the last name I want to make sure I say it and Androniku she's great or Cypriot she's Cypriot um her Instagram is Stella and uh so Stella and then A and D and her work is super beautiful because she takes these insane photos in Girona Spain which is where she lives in like the old town of like her like a friend like in this like beautiful medieval stone building or like out at this beautiful like pond where everything's like super green and she does food shots too so on her feed you'll see there's like a mix of like lifestyle Uh and like more wide lifestyle stuff and more like close-up food shots uh but I just love her mood like just the moods she creates in her photos is awesome so highly recommend looking at her work too nice yeah Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Well, last question would be, where can the listeners find you? Yes. So I'm on Instagram at Eva Cosmas Flores. So K-O-S-M-A-S-F-L-O-R-E-S. Um, I have a blog, adventuresandcooking.com, which is where I share all my seasonal recipes and like updates about the homestead. I teach photography courses through firstweeat.co and I teach uh, the Creative Business School course through creativebusinessschool.com. And I think, that, oh, and I have my two cookbooks. Sorry, I just like remembering. And yeah. then I have a cookbook called First We Eat that's a seasonal book. And then another one, Adventures in Chicken. And that's just about a, a bunch of chicken recipes. <laughs> Sick. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome, awesome. There's so many names. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you very much, Eva. Eva, Eva right? I'm pronouncing it in Arabic. Eva? Yeah. Eva, yeah, but I mean, I go, I, I accept Eva too, because that's the traditional European pronunciation. So like either one is totally fine. Okay, thank you so much, Eva, for joining me on this podcast. It was super great talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care. <laughs>